Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and man, am I excited today because I have none other than Thane Isaacs with me here today, and we're going to be talking about building, landscaping, leaders, and businesses. Thane, thanks for being here. Oh, Damon, it is always a blast to be with you, to be on with Exit Your Way with the Faces of Business is incredible, and I just appreciate you having me, and it's an honor. I am so pumped. So fire away with whatever you got, let's, man. You let's do questions. this thing. Let's do this thing. I thought it was funny because we got Ronald Henderson. He's out there saying he's getting getting seated in my chair with my drink. Didn't get any popcorn? All right. Well, I'll get my wife to pop some popcorn and we'll be ready. So Yeah, we'll be ready to go. So, Thane, you know, obviously we're talking about landscaping today. Let's talk a little bit about your background and and, uh, and how kind of you got into landscaping. What really you, you, you like about it, like about the business, the industry, the green industry. And then we're just going to talk about, you know, building these businesses and leaders. Sure, sure. I tell you what. So my family were farmers. My dad was in agronomy uh, to the day he died. He worked for BASF selling to farmers. He eventually worked with other companies as well as he left BASF. He retired, but then he still liked working. Uh, He loved what he did. He had the largest area in Texas that he covered. So if that tells you something, the largest area in the state of Texas. And uh, I would go to events even once I started landscaping and people would know my dad. They'd hear my last name and they go, are you you right? Are you are you right, son? I'd be like, yeah, I am. And it's, they're like, oh, okay, and I'm from because they were work for BASF too. So I yeah. always love being outside. I'm not a. I don't like to be inside. I live in Vermont in the Green Mountain Forest. You know, I mean, that's where I. One of my two. One of my big places I had a dream to live when I was a child was here in New Mexico. I got the opportunity to do it here, and I'm so grateful. Uh, but I love. I mean, they're probably not as dirty because I took a shower because I've been painting. You know, I want to die with dirt under my fingernails. I want to die working the earth that I love. That's what I love to do. And I love to help people do that. And why I got in business doing what I'm doing is I work for Valley Crest, you know, some of the large, large corporations. I had worked for a business that True Green bought out when they were buying everybody out. So I was part of the True Green umbrella for a short time in my life. And when I decided to start my own business, what I wanted to do is start giving some of the people who don't have that edge, some of that some of those systems and processes, some of the things, not not what they actually did, but some of the ideas with those companies, how they actually made success and helped some people have success through what my experiences have been. And also uh, get just being able to give the little guy an edge that the little guy might not have that these multi-million and billion dollars Valley Crest was companies at one time. Yeah, that is interesting because, you know, when you, get larger and larger they have to systematize everything and while 
much of that won't translate to a smaller landscaping business. I got to believe some of the principals do. Oh, they do. You know, some of the principals do. And, and again, what I try to teach people is if, you, you know, what is your goal? Is you always ask people as well when you're working with them, what is your end game? What is your end game? Okay, well, if you want to be that large, we need to start building systems and processes now. You don't want to wait till you get to $13 million and start putting systems and processes in place. Uh, that's a little bit difficult. Let's do it now when you're young. Start policy and procedures manual. Let's lay them out. You don't have to implement them. You may not even be ready to implement some of these things. But as you grow, you grow into it. Uh, because what we want, don't want to do is do a business kind of like life. Life has to be lived forward and understood backwards. We don't want to do that with our business. We want to understand our business as we're growing because we don't want to understand it after it's too late. So being able to prepare for it, I believe, helps us better. So that's that's just what I one of the things I try to help people do. Wow, I just just think about that a little bit because you said uh, business. You want to say that again? What you said right, about so life, life and has, business? Life has to be lived forward, but understood backward. We we can't okay. understand it till after we've lived it. As I always say, we're always becoming right. We're, yeah, always, we're always becoming growing into into who we are and becoming what we are. Business, you want the opposite. You don't want to learn about business after you've lived it. You've got to be getting prepared for it and understand it before it happens with business. That's what true leadership in business is, is seeing before, seeing before others see, understanding before others understand, being yeah. ready for things that others aren't ready for. I mean, I can remember back in the 90s, this was always my, my thing. People would come and say, oh, there's a new business in town. What, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I just say, I hope they're good. And my guys would look at me, what are you talking about? I hope they're damn good. We don't want to rest on our laurels. I hope they they make us stand up to what they're doing and do better than whatever they have. Because if they're just mediocre, we're just going to be like, oh, we're still the best. And we're, we're, we're all, we don't have to really improve. We always need those challenges. So that's one of those things I think we, you know, we have to keep in mind. We don't want to get complacent. We don't want to yeah. be... We don't want to be as goal oriented as we do growth oriented. And that's what I try to help people I coach understand. And the businesses I, I work with understand is from my own personal experience, Damon, when I was so goal oriented, I would hit goals and hit goals. Just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, I'm good. I'm not. And I just stopped setting them and I would get comfortable. But now it's like whatever goal I hit, I'm going to do more. I mean, I set about 30 serious goals for myself every year. This year, I'm not as on track as I was last year. I made some great, I did almost 20 of them last year. Think about that. If you, yeah. if most people do three to five goals a year, I, I do a bunch. And if I hit half of those, I'm further ahead than everybody else. This year, I'm probably not as far ahead, but guess what? Still got a quarter of a year or a third of a year to go or a quarter of a year to mm -hmm. go. So uh, there's still a lot of time left. We'll, we'll see you what happens. more done. Oh, yeah. I will get more done. There's, there's no doubt, but but try to help people understand that, you know? So that's, that's well, kind of how I try to work with people a little bit too. Yeah. I really like the, what you said about in business, you want to see before you get there and, and understand what that's going to look like so you can be prepared for it. And, and I think that's, that's a lot of what you have to do in, in the things that you're doing is, is instill that in the leaders that you're developing in these businesses. Yeah. And sadly, part of it is an intuitiveness that you have to have about business and people. And some of that's hard to teach. But what you can do is help people 
open their mind to that and to be more aware. And I think that that's where the law of awareness comes in. One of the 15 laws and invaluable laws of growth, the law of awareness. And that's one of the first laws I try to help people with is to, to be aware of things. So once you can be aware of them, now you can be a little more intuitive about them. If you just letting these things go by you and you're not trying to really grasp them, you're not aware of them. Uh, just let's say like an alcoholic cannot solve their problem until they are aware and admit they're an alcoholic. We have to be aware of what's going on around us before we can actually start addressing and being intuitive about it. And part of that comes from conversation and engagement with our teams. So many times we try to run a business without actually having that deep connection, that intimate connection with the people in our business. And there's just no way you can have the kind of successful chemistry you need in a business without that deep connection. And I think that's something so many businesses miss. And I think that's how we attain some of the greatest things we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be said there with what you, a lot to contemplate there with what you said. Um, he also, we had a couple comments. Uh, Phil Kramer, he is amen when you were talking about complacency and so was Ron. And I think you hit this head on. Uh, goals and complacency, it's like, listen, if 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 people set a goal to think that's an end point, they're, it's, it's just the beginning of the death or the downfall is all right. it is. Because if you set a goal to think that it's a, it's a waypoint on a journey, maybe that's a little bit better way of thinking of it. But you, you bring this up a lot. And I really think that the becoming, because we're always becoming better. And even to the extent of your example, as somebody else is coming into town, I hope they're really good because that will push us to be better. Mm -hmm. We're never the same person we were two years ago. And if we are, we're still not that same person because if we are not moving forward, we're going backwards. So I think we have to be, again, that's that awareness of growth or lack of growth. And we're also, we're always becoming, we're always either becoming better or becoming worse. And I think so many people, even people I coach, they get caught up in, well, I don't know myself. I don't know myself. I'm like, forget knowing yourself. Just start to try to understand yourself. That's the only thing I think we can't know ourselves because I am so different today than I was three months ago, Damon. And I'm a mm -hmm. hell of a lot different than I was three years ago. And if I try to know who that person is, that's great. But it's not who I'm going to be three months from now. So what I'm trying to do is understand myself instead of know myself so well. Like that makes sense. It does. It does. It does. And and really, uh, yeah, I don't think you ever really know yourself because if, if you can get to understand yourself, that's pretty darn good. Right. I understand the things that tick me, that move me. And I have to understand how to manage those things. Yeah. But um, I, I, I have no idea who I'm going to be three months from now. I have no idea what experiences I'm going to have and who I'm going to be three months from now. So hopefully I'm a better person. That's true nobility, not being better than you, not being better than Ronald Henderson, being better than myself. That's true nobility. And that's all I can work on because I have no idea what you're going through to get to who you are and who you're trying to become. You could, you could have so many more challenges than I do, or you could have so few less. So if I just focus on me, then I can actually become better at what I am and who I am as opposed to comparing to, because that's only leads us to, down the road of envy and won't yeah. give us, won't give us fulfillment. So, so anyway, um, getting back to some of the businesses, you know, that, that we, that we're talking about and how you're talking about to, to build this leadership and build, uh, build these businesses that are successful. One of the reasons that I try to help people do this is what I learned, the more all my people can do, 
the more everyone who works with me can do, the more mm -hmm. I can do, the more I can get done. And if I'm having to do everything for everybody, then we're not able to do as much. And yeah. I'm able to work myself out of a job, which is all, was always my goal when I was actually working for companies, was how do I work myself out of a job? And people don't understand that. But if you do that right, that means the business is growing and I'm moving up through the business and other mm -hmm. people are taking my role. And if I'm not moving up through the business, and I guarantee you I will find a business to work with, or like I did, I just started my own business eventually. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. this has been going for getting close to eight years now. I'm pretty happy. So, you know, yeah, rolling for eight years. So what what drew you to leadership? Because you've got a passion about leadership that few have. But what really drew you in and said, I mean, was there was there an author? Was there something in your life? What what was it that just hit you in the head and said, man, this is what I want to do? Well, let's let's rewind the clock. I was 17 and I was in I was a senior in high school. I was probably the youngest, if not one of the youngest three people in my graduating class. I wanted to be senior class president. So I ran for senior class president and I wasn't ready to do that. But we had 520 people in our graduating class and the two people who ran against me had about 25 votes among them from what they was told. Um, so it was like a land and it, it was this thing that I love to be able to influence people, but I did a horrible job at it, Damon. I was horrible. I wasn't ready to do that. I wasn't ready to lead that class, but I knew what it meant to be able to influence people and to motivate them to do things they didn't think possible. And as time went on, I kind of got lazy and forgot about all that. And then I started reading Wayne Dyer and Tom Peters and found this guy, John Maxwell, and learned that what I was talking about was influencing people, which is all leadership is, is influencing people to do things. And I believe that the truly inspirational leaders in this world inspire people to do things they never thought possible by means they never dreamt of. And that's what I try to help people do. I try to help people see things inside themselves that they can't see. And I try to help pull that out from within them so they can do some pretty amazing things. And from some of the people I've worked with, it, it's true. From some of the people I've worked with, they'd say, well, I'm an idiot. So, uh, you know, you've got, you got both courses there. Um, but I do believe that anybody I've worked with, I've definitely had a profound impression on and have helped them in many ways, even though maybe not the ways they they wanted the help. So um, yeah. most, most people I do help the way they're, they're looking for, but there are some people who were just not a fit, but yeah. Well, that's going to happen in anything. Right. So when you, when you look at leadership, I mean, I think, I think of the landscaping industry, green industry. I mean, you think of the, the amount of people that are involved in that business. It doesn't happen without people. It doesn't happen with, with a lot of people. I mean, because right. it's a lot of it's manual labor, but the 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 work that is done makes beautiful spaces, beautiful places, and 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 can create so much beauty. And what are you when when people come and ask you to to help them with their you know with their leadership with their businesses? What are some of the things that you see that are just like? common across the board is like we really have to change this people all right the first thing is calling <laughs> the people who do the work laborers oh uh, yeah when you, when you title people a laborer 
what what aspirations do they have to be at work and to do a fascinating job? What 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 do they have? And you know, I've shared the story many times, but we'll we'll change it up a little bit. So there were three people working on a project together. Uh, they asked the first guy, "What what are you doing?" And he said, "I'm mixing up some some mortar." They asked the other guy, second guy, "What are you doing?" I'm I'm moving some bricks. They asked the third guy, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I am building a fantastic, an amazing place for people to come and worship." and to have their souls be enriched. That's what I'm doing. And what I try to help people understand is that you're not cutting grass. You're here making our community a more beautiful place, making it where we can all enjoy it better. You're making it where if you're doing residential work, people have a wonderful place to come home to and they can enjoy it better. You're, if you're making a commercial landscape, you're making it where people, the, the patrons who service that community actually have a more enjoyable experience because let's get this straight people landscaping is the first impression you have of any property you pull upon okay and first impressions you don't have a chance so if your property looks like the ass end of a donkey you're in trouble people don't want to come there they don't want to come to your motel they don't want to come shopping if your property looks beautiful and it's inviting people want to come in you need to have clear space. So this is what I try to help people understand is this is what you can create or you can be a grass cutter, whichever you want. It's up, it's up to you. You can be a grass cutter. Great. Or you can be creating beautiful environments for people to enjoy. And that's what I prefer. And with snow, with snow management, that's really not as looked down upon as the landscape industry, but still to a degree. And to me, it's keeping people safe so they can get in and out of work, in and out of home and allowing commerce to flow because we allow business to stay open and that's what we're doing as doing snow management and to get people to yeah. understand these things can make them feel bigger and better than they feel no doubt no doubt i love how you say that a from the from the beginning of they're not laborers they're creating beautiful places for people to be and and i think that's that's applicable across many industries because, you know, whether you're you're a truck driver, you're building a building, you're doing whatever. I mean, those people are 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 bringing us the, you know, making sure that families can eat, eat at night, making sure that we have the medical things to keep people alive, make sure that we can live in a warm house, all, all different things. And, and it, uh, these are um, underappreciated, but highly valuable uh endeavors and and career careers for people if you right. if if you do it right now i've got this this is what i love about talking with you uh, about landscaping and about the, your leadership and the way that you teach people how to do it now have have you been able to go into a business where they do call people laborers and and where where you know they are cutting grass they are whatever they're doing in in those terms and really get them to do this switch yes yes yeah it is and i mean i'm i working with some people now and it's um you know trying to make it again let's let's re rewind a little bit what are we trying to do with our businesses we're trying to be unique okay because if we're like everyone else we're just going to be another blade of grass in the field okay we've got mm -hmm. to stand out and what we're trying to do is create experiences. Okay. So like one company I'm working with right now, uh, J James Cole, uh, his business is Blackstone. I actually gave him the name for that business. 
he is actually doing some caretaking. He's wanting to create some care packages. So I reached out to a friend of mine and she has a coffee business and I need you to make, tell me what's going to cost to make four ounce bags of Blackstone coffee blend. So when he gets, he's going to get his mugs and he's going to have a four ounce blend of his own coffee. And I said, but here's the catch, Jim. And those needs, she's going to be put a card of her business as well. And like a $2 coupon off with her website, if they want to order more coffee. So we're supporting each other's businesses. You see mm -hmm. how this works. And Jim loves it. Lisa loves it. Stark, Stark, you know, Stark uh, farms loves it. They're, they're making this, this coffee. Um, and so Anyway, this is this is ways I try to think to be able to help all kinds of businesses. So her stuff is going to be on people's tables, desks, whatever, when they come in. And if they like it, they can buy more online from her online store. She actually has a special blend she makes for the Rangers uh, in Texas the, uh, or the Border Patrol in Texas. She says, I'm sending awesome. about 10 pounds to them this week. It's a special blend she sends to those guys. Um so anyway, just doing different things like that. Jim loves this. My wife loved it. So I know it has to be not so stupid. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's, it's helping two different local businesses, you yeah. know, each other. This, these are the kind of things I try to help people see. I'm a, I'm a visionary. I see things that it's like, oh, and that's what I talk about seeing before. It's like, how do we create this experience? And so we're going to come up with a really dark, dark blend because he's Blackstone and he likes that. And send that out and do that as a welcome package for people or as, you know, a thank you and maybe even a holiday gift card uh, package mm -hmm. as well. So just trying to create different experiences. And that's what we need to be figuring out. How do we make experiences? And I can promise you this, Damon, if you don't care about your people and you don't treat them well, they're not going to create much of an experience for your customers. Okay. Yeah. And you're not going to be setting yourself apart. But if your people love to be at work and they enjoy what they do and they feel like you really respect and appreciate them, even though they may not be doing the most glorious work in the world, you celebrate them. And you say, hey, man, thank you for being here today. I know we're going to be better because you're here today. And when you thank them, you say, you don't just say, hey, thanks for a great job. You say, hey, I really appreciate the way you guys took care of Mrs. Uh, Smith today. She called and said you guys did this and this and this and i really appreciate it. that makes us so much better don't just give them a compliment give them a specific compliment of what they did so they know what they need to do to keep recreating that experience now you're creating an experience for people like no other landscape company in the area you are creating an experience where your people are engaged and enjoy what they're doing they feel respected and now you're getting recommendations because people feel so great about what you do. One of the things I have people do, Damon, write handwritten thank you notes. Write handwritten thank you notes. Don't write emails. Don't send texts. Write hand. Every handwritten thank you note I've ever written, I've gotten a phone call from a customer for. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't ever get these. Thank you so much. And the people that do it are like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I can't believe we haven't done this before. It takes three minutes. And it's worth mm -hmm. three hundred. It's worth it can. It's worth more than that ever in in repayment. Making it human again. Yes, I think we should just stop for a moment there and think about what you just said. I mean, because it is so powerful the way that you speak about treating people that you work with in your business differently, that allows them to feel differently about what they do that then allows them to uh, provide a different experience to your customers. 
Well, I know it really is real and it works and it leaves an impression on people because when I left Valley Crest in Memphis, they made a scrapbook for me and they called it, although I didn't, they called it the house that Thane built and it's full of everybody's stories they sent me. And I know wow. this means a lot because of the impression it left on people not just the work we did yeah we had you know we had the highest retention of most branches you know we had the number one account manager two years running in all of valley crest we had all these great things but what we had was a family a team of people who worked together who embraced that's why i know that works that's why i know how awesome it is because i lived it you know i, I mean to get something like that they gave that to oh, me yeah. as I'm heading down the road to Vermont, as I'm, I stopped in, as I'm leaving, leaving town to give them all one goodbye. And they handed me that crying like a baby all yeah. the way down the road, reading that thing, like going off the road going, I, what am I, what am I, doing? <laughs> I can't believe I'm leaving all this. I can't believe this. What am I doing? Yeah. Got a yeah. U-Haul trailer full of stuff behind me, you know, <laughs> heading, heading 78 through Mississippi as I saw and that yeah. wasn't very good but anyway um so yeah. that was uh you know that was my my life story back then and that was what i did so i know that treating people like that works but yeah. what is talked about in there in that book is not hey you know we had the straightest edges and we had the greenest grass what people talk about in there is like jason luckett who showed up after his business had failed his irrigation business didn't know what he's going to do thought he didn't want to live thought he's going to lose his marriage and came in to work with me the picture of him in there is he's he's my head sales guy behind his bmw you know driving his bmw um but when he came in he started as the irrigation guy and i said mm -hmm. look i've got this and he talks about the vision we painted for what we wanted to do there and that's what everybody talks about is the, the emotions we built what we were trying to achieve together the team Nobody's talking about, you know, we made this much money and we did this and we did that. Everybody's talking about what we actually achieved as a team. And I know that that is what is the real core of makes a successful business and makes people be able to go when they're, you know, when maybe things are against them, when things are coming down on them, like, like they do on any business. And no matter how successful you are, you have that team of each other where you have each other's back. And uh, that was just a, an amazing thing. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. I mean, cause you've lived it, you've, you've felt it. So you understand how to try to recreate that feeling. But you know what the best feeling was though, Damon was a year later after I'd gone and they made more profit than I'd ever made there. And the team that I had built was the team that stayed in place. And once I left, they were able to do better without me than they were when I was there. That was the biggest feather in my cap in the world, because that was the team that, those were people I put in place. The guy they said they shouldn't promote to manager, which they did because they couldn't find anybody better. And then they ended up, you know, that first year, I think the best we'd ever done was eight and a half or nine. And they did 10 and a half the first year. So uh, I think the next year they actually did 15. So they yeah. kicked my ass all over the place. Um, so that's good stuff, you know, awesome. and that to me, that, that, that is the greatest feather in my cap is having people who I've trained, have great success and people I've coached have great success to me. That's better than my, that is my success, right? Yeah. That drives your success. Well, we got a few people here. Uh, Aiken Daya. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That's the, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, uh, what is, what is, um, Scott calls him D man. 
So yeah, that's it is D man. Yep. yep. And then we got Glen Oaks is here. Yeah. You can't get landscape yeah. gardeners here. They are all portrait. I can't read the rest of it. I don't know. Yeah. It's something about that. And then, uh, and then we, uh, Glenn said something else here. That's the thing. The benefits that come from it. Yeah. You were talking about that. That's exactly yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Because we, I mean, you can you can be a a, a a multimillionaire and be a piece of junk, you know, be yeah. a piece of crap. You know, you can have yeah. all the money in the world. It's just like we talk about on our growth shops, the mindset of abundance. People think it means you have everything in the world and you can get whatever you want sometimes. I'm like, well, that might be it. But to me, the mindset of abundance is, is that what I have is more than enough. And there's always mm -hmm. room for me to earn more. That's what the mindset of abundance is for me. It's not that I can, because I've shared where I've lived that life where I just chasing the next material item. Yeah. And I still have material items around me, but they're not what define me and they're not what I chase. You know, I, I what I try to do is use my time to help people. As a matter of fact, I send my material items out to people all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. But what, what I, you know, what I believe is that, uh, you know, we, we have to just build ourselves spiritually and, um, you know, not, not worry so much about what people think, what people say. We've got to be ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff there for sure. So as, as you go into these landscaping businesses and, and you go, what are some of the typical um, things you're trying to help them to see? I mean, because the leadership, well, first of all, when I, when I, I used to use the word management a lot and I realized how bad that is. Mm -hmm. And, and for me personally, like just me stopping using, I, I quit using the word management unless it's specifically what I'm talking about, because we used to talk about managers all the time. And that that's just for me as one of the things, but what are some of the things that you see that, that in, in specific that you have to educate the top level people in the, the owners, the, the general managers, whoever it is in these businesses, that these are just things that are holding you back. Well, I think one of the first things we have to understand is no matter how well you think your communication system is running, it's what can be improved the most. Communication is the most misused tool in any organization I've been in, whether landscaping, whether property management, whether mm -hmm. auto sales, whatever you're doing, any company I've worked with, um, and I've worked with hundreds okay and any of them it's it's communication the largest probably the largest company i i've worked with as far as in the in the green industry i i've worked with much bigger but this this company did about 20 million a year and when i walked in for their for my first day i was there like oh hey we're gonna have a meeting great 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 we sit down and the meeting just completely went off track and so the sales guy gets up and leaves uh, to go take a break. And the general manager looks at me and goes, well, what do you think of that? And I said, well, did you send him agenda, an agenda for the meeting? And he said, no. So, well, then how did he know what to come prepared for you? You're wanting to talk about X, Y, Z. And he thought he was coming to talk about Z, Y, X. So he didn't bring X, Y, Z to talk about. You think maybe you should send an agenda? I mean, that simple for a company that, at one time had even been billing out over $20 million a year. And it's one mm -hmm. of those companies that I say, yes, you're making money. You can make so much more. You're stepping over dollars to make pennies. You're missing things. You're not mm -hmm. doing these little bitty things. Uh, you know, so there, there's so many things, uh, companies that don't have 
they're big companies, they but they don't have a customer service department or a customer care department um, where it's like, hey, well, we have all this money over 90. Well, why do you have all this money? Well, we have a bunch of deadbeats. No, you don't, you don't have that many deadbeats. Give me the list. Start calling people. Oh, well, this job wasn't finished. Oh, they damaged my house and nobody ever. Oh, well, there's still material they left sitting at my property. They haven't, it's sitting on my lawn. It's killed my grass. They haven't come and gotten it. Well, what do we do? What do we do? Every job, every job, when you get done. Hey, Miss Smith, we just want to call and see how the job went over at your property. Awesome, awesome. Everything's great, great. Well, hey, you know what? If you're really happy, I can, I can, uh, we can take care of that invoice right now, or I can, you know, send you a, 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 a pay, a, an invoice and you can pay it through the mail, whatever. But you're able to collect right there. Your stuff's not getting yeah. over 90. Or, it's like, well, yeah, I'd love to pay, but you guys damaged the gutter on my house or, you know, there's a broken window in the office park and somebody needs to replace that. Now you're now you're getting things taken care of. So you're getting paid. You're being proactive, not yeah. reactive. Uh, having that customer care department is so important, I believe. So many companies don't have that. They're assuming that the job is taken care of. They're billing the job before they know it's taken care of. Somebody needs to always be finding out that the customers, especially what we do, that the customer's taken care of. I mean, I share with people doing quality control scores on their property. Yeah. You know, where you actually score the score. And everyone I show it with is like, oh, great. And the people who tell me they do it, I say, well, do you do it with your customers? What? Do you do it with your customers? Do you score it with your customers? Well, no, I don't score. It. It's like, so you have no idea what your customers think of this, the, the property. You, you you scored it a 92. They think it's a 78. You're in trouble. You're, you're, in, you're in a lot of trouble. So... And the other issue that a lot of people don't understand is when you take them on these walks, it's a great chance to talk about upselling and improving the property because you're looking at the property together. So now you're increasing revenue. You're increasing a relationship and building deeper connection because you're getting to know each other more. And there's nothing wrong with walking around and getting some blood flowing to get your get your brain working better. So it's a it's a multi-level use. And you know where you stand with the customer. The customer knows where their property stands. And if it's bad, you've got an action plan in place. And what I also suggest to people, Damon, so many people don't do this, even when I tell them to. And I'm just like, your call. I can tell you can make money when you take over a new property. You always do a score of what it was when you take it over. And then yeah. you're able to three months, six months, say, hey, let's do it again. Let's see where we are now. Because there's obviously a reason other than price, hopefully. I hope that's not the only reason people are changing contracts. Yeah, but There's hopefully a reason that people are changing contracts. And usually when they're changing contracts, that's when they're willing to do most of the upgrades. They want to get this new feeling in. They want to get all this going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is also a great time to talk to them to in a three-year contract where it's like, hey, if you do a multi-year contract, we're able to fit some of this in through the maintenance process. In a one-year contract, I'm not doing that because I could yeah. upgrade it and somebody else comes and gets it. So there's all kinds of things. Now you're taking a one-year contract, move it to a three-year contract. You're making the customer happy. And hopefully when when renewal time comes around, you are the favorite son, not you know, somebody else, because you've taken this property to a new level. You've kept before and after pictures, which so many people also don't do. And you have a portfolio. So you're also able to show, Hey, remember, this is what we did. Here's where the property is now. 
And you're also able to show people, hey, look, remember that property down the street? Remember what it used to look like? That's us who took it to what it looks like now. Yeah, here's the, here are these before and after pictures. Of people. Oh, you guys are the ones who did that. Wow, yeah, that is a kick-ass looking property now. It did used to look like the armpit of Louisiana. So that is pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, um, again, there's so many little things that people don't do that are so easy to do but they're like, well, they're just landscapers. You know, it's one of the things I took that guy that uh, the guy I know who had the 20 million. I mean, it's a guy who owned this business, 20 million dollar year business. So, well, great business. I love what you're doing here. You guys are doing a lot of great things. But here's the issue is you have a lot of tree guys running your office. They don't have the training of doing these things. You need someone to train them some of the things they need to do, some of the things they need to be aware of, some of the things, you know, and, and part of the issue also was, you know, and I've seen this very little, but I did see it there where it's like, hey, we would like to get some of our sales guys some training. You guys want some training? Oh, we're good. Okay. What? What? No, what? No, 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 you can't do that, you know? So, um, you know, it, it, we're, we can always improve no matter where we are. And it just blew my mind that when they're getting offered free training, the the sales guys were allowed to just go, no, we're good. It's all right. No, we're doing great. We're fine. It's like, wow. Okay. And they just let it go. To me, it's always investing in your people, but also as a leader, you need to be investing in yourself. How are, how does your team see you investing in yourself? Do you have a library at your business that people can check books out? I suggest any business should have a, a library where they can check things out, not just trade magazines. I'm talking about good yeah. books but they need to be checked out so that they, they kept up with and get turned back in. Uh, but I think it's just such a great way for people to go, oh, wow, we value learning. We value investing in the bank of you. And I think that's what we have to make sure is everybody's investing in the bank of themselves to make themselves yeah. better because businesses don't grow. People grow and they grow the business. So I'm sorry, I've been running. I've been running my mouth. No, no, so this is great. I get, I'm right I, get excited, I get excited about this stuff. So that, that and and rightly so, because you see the difference. You see the the start and the end, and you see the difference that I can do. And I was writing a lot of notes here because you, you you in the in the course of a few minutes there dropped millions of dollars worth of information for somebody that really wants to listen to it and do it. Um, you know, and and when you talk about investing in yourself and people, I mean, I I've seen it to the extent where. I had a, a business owner and, and granted the business wasn't 500 people or anything like that, but th they did have, I don't know, it was 20 people or something like that. They had book, uh, what they call it, book club once a week. They sat down for an hour, not all together. They each, each area did it, but they did it and they would read and study books, uh, books about business, books about technical stuff. And they would do that. That was just part of working there. And that investing in yourself and your people, because the owner did it right alongside with the, uh, the managers and the people that were working in there. And that it was, it was unique uh, it, for that to take that time. But I tell you, you could really see that in the performance of the business and, and seeing the business over years. It's amazing what the business has done. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Again, people grow businesses, but people have to, be invested in if they have the same information today as they had five years ago how is the business growing and most people will answer me oh they're they're not and how are you investing in your people no 
Yeah. And your well, business and, isn't growing. So hey, yes. Why, 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 yeah. Now this is now this let's talk about this. Let's talk about in the owners, the leaders, the them investing in themselves. Mm-hmm. Talk about that and talk about the just talk about that a little bit. You so all right, so investing in yourself. One of the things I believe that people should have is a growth plan for themselves. How how are you growing? What are you doing to grow yourself? What does that mean? Okay, well, all right, I'm I'm gonna read I'm gonna read a book a month. Oh, I'm gonna read uh, this week I'm reading Star Wars, the Ewoks join the battle. No, no, that's not that that doesn't count. Building reading books that are developing you and who you are and what you want to become and taking at least one a month or one every two months, depending on your workload Mm -hmm. and the pace and the size of the books you're reading, but going through them and reading them and having a discussion with people about them. Again, knowledge is not power. It's applied knowledge. How are you going to apply this knowledge? It's kind of like the retreats we do. One of the things we do at our retreats, Damon, that people don't do at a lot of events like this. One of the, the last day is a day of reflection. How are you going to apply this? By when are you going to apply this? Who are you going to apply this with? What, mm-hmm. you know, because again, I believe what we do when we go to retreats is, or any any kind of event, we go, we get back on the plane, we're getting back home, we're, we're fired up. The next thing, Monday morning, we're off the ground hitting, no, you've got a list. And you need to look back at that list and reflect back and go, okay, these are the things I want. I said I was going to do this by then. I said I was going to do this by this time. I said I was going to implement this. And it, it, it helps hold you accountable to that. So, so again, knowledge is a power. We've, we, when we read these books, we've got to have somebody go through them with us as we do at our book club. As we've talked in our book clubs, to be able to hear someone else's opinion and to go, wow, I didn't think of it from that, in, that, that view. Or like me to even say, hey, let's read uh, Think and Grow Rich backwards and see how that goes. And it really actually ended up working. So doing different things like that to give us a deeper understanding is better than just reading a book. Having people at work, we can actually have conversations with it. But I believe that's part should be part of our intentional growth plan. Who are you developing to replace you? Who are you developing to replace you? We cannot be leaders, building leaders, if we are not mentoring two to three people to take our roles. Doesn't mean all are going to be able to. What I used to let people know is, yes, you would be available to apply for the position. Once it becomes available, it does not mean you'll be given the position. Everybody has to apply, but you have to have someone to replace you. If you haven't trained someone to replace you, you're out. Because I don't need people who are good at things. I need people who know how to train people to be good at things. And if you can't train people to be good at things, why do I want to promote you? Just because you're good at it. That just means you're going to be a micromanager. If you can actually train people to do what you do and train many people to do what you do, I need you as one of my top people. That's that's it. I don't care. I don't care. You know, it's like we need him in the field. He's really good at that. Bullshit. We need him training everybody in the field if he can do that, if he's able to. And not everybody can. It's, it's a skill to mm-hmm. be able to train people. You have to work at it. You have to know how to train people. You have to know how to talk people. And, you know, again, I think so many times people get overlooked because they're really good at something and they're never given, hey, can you train people to do that? Wow. If we could have seven Ronald Hendersons fixing our machines, wouldn't we be amazing? We would be so much better 
than if we just had one Ronald Henderson. How do we get? Oh, he could train people. Let's get him to do that. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's, how do we? How do we do those things? That's that's a great way to differentiate between the people you want on your team and you don't. The people you want are people that can train people to be good at what they need to do. Yeah. And you're developing those people that continue to allow you to uh, keep moving your organization to the next level. Right. I mean, think of it. If you have, if you have three crews, okay, let's talk landscape. You have three crews and each person running those crews is training someone to, to, to take their place. You need one manager. You've got three people to look at who can be a manager from the account man from the from the crew leader level. Okay, great. So that guy's trained that. As you as you're growing and bringing on more crews, it's like okay, we need another crew leader to run another crew. What lead person on the crews is able to take on another crew? This is how an operation can go from six hundred eighty thousand to three and a half million in five years because you have the personnel. That's always the issue. You don't have mm-hmm. the personnel, but you're painting a vision as well. It's you're not painting a vision of a of a job. You're painting a vision of a future of what they can become and what they can do. You know, letting them see. It's like I don't care if you're Hispanic. Yes, you can be an account manager. Yes, because Victor's an account manager. Victor was the number one account manager in all of Valley Crest two years running, from Little Old Memphis, Tennessee, in all of Valley Crest two years running in a row. Victor Padilla was the guy who is number one of all fifty four operations in the country top of the list okay nice so anybody can be an account manager if you're willing to do the work that needs to be done so that you can fill that role and part of that is developing someone to take your place not Mm -hmm. me having to develop someone to take your place yeah yeah now i can do more see i can do more i can do more because i'm not training a new irrigation tech when victor gets moved up Victor's training the irrigation and Victor was so awesome. Even when he was an account manager, he was still working with the existing irrigation techs to make sure they had everything they needed to. He was a son of a bitch. He was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So Thane, you know, we talked about what you're doing. We're getting, we're kind of winding down here. So you got some things coming up this year. You've got a, a, a retreat this fall that you guys do. I think you're speaking at some seminars. What's going on in terms of those things? Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, I will be in St. Louis at the Profit First for Landscapers Conference and Facility Tour that's being put on by the Green Executive, Adam Lindemann. I'll be there September 28th through the 30th. And on the night of the 30th name, and I get to go see, I get to go see the Cardinals play the Pirates. Uh, so that's going to be yeah. pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Uh, so going to be there. Then uh, Scott Lisak and I are through the peak peer groups are putting on uh, the Ocean Isle retreat. I think the first event is sold out. It's uh, the 22nd through the 24th and the 24th through the 28th. I believe the first event, the first part of the event is sold out. We have a second uh, week, the second part of the event uh, of the week. I don't believe it's sold out yet, but um, yeah, we're doing that. It's October twenty fourth to twenty eighth. Yeah, the second part. Okay, yep. so if people want to get a hold and do that, they need to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. they can reach out to me through LinkedIn. And yeah. uh, the the really cool thing was the last one we did in April. Two things happened. First, Scott said this is what he would like to do with me for the re- he'd never been. We did this, and he was like, "I want to do this. I love what this is. I'd love to help." transform people's lives and all four owners multi-million dollar business owners all said to me it was the most transformational event like that they'd ever been to in their lives and 
that made it all worth because I've been trying to get this going again for two years since COVID and it made it all the effort worth it, all the downtime worth it. So it's pretty, pretty incredible, especially as successful as those guys are. It made me, uh, made me very proud of what I'm trying to achieve and the transformation that I am bringing to people's lives and their businesses. Awesome. That's all I say about that. That's great that you're able to do that. So that second, your, your retreat, I just want to make sure everybody knows it's, it's October 24th through the 28th. If they're interested, they should contact you on LinkedIn about that. Um, and- yeah. Let me just explain. It is a, it is right on the ocean front in Ocean Isle beach. It yeah. is all expenses paid. All you got to do is get there and get back. All the food is, is taken care of. We prepare the food in house and that's part of the bonding is, you know, we, we, we barbecue shrimp on the grill. We barbecue ribs. We do all kinds of different meals. We also have challenges that bring people together. The guys were blown away by some of the challenges. And at the event, the really cool thing is some of them came up with some new challenges that I'm going to implement in this that we haven't done before. So it was pretty cool uh, getting all that input. But here's, you can say whatever you want. Five guys in a house for over five days, TVs in every room and a TV never came on except when we were doing sessions on the tvs pretty amazing i was pretty impressed and i didn't really even think about it till the last day i'm like guys you realize the tv hasn't even come on once they're like yeah no it's great it was awesome because you know five guys they got somebody's got to check sports or something but we were all good (laughs) we were all good we were all just into to the growth and the fellowship and that's what it's about and the other cool thing is ronald starts each session with a prayer for us so uh, he's he's pretty amazing yeah Yep. Good stuff. Well, Thane, I sure appreciate you taking the time today. I appreciate the, the, the people, you know, we had David Chrysler jumping in at the end. I uh, had some great context for, uh, comments for you there. Jody, Jody Sopperway. Yeah. So he's, that's one of the challenges. He can't really, you can't really go into detail, but yep. Yeah. He actually, he actually was, the, he was actually, uh, the brunt of one of my better jokes at the, at the end, but, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll share that for another time. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for being here. And thanks saying so much to come and talking about, you know, building, landscaping leaders and businesses, sharing some of your wisdom and, and some of the, you know, some of the great stories from your past in your own experiences of building and helping others build, build these wonderful landscaping business and, and just really appreciate your hard work and dedication to helping these business owners. Thanks so much for being here today. And thanks Anytime, everyone brother. else. Anytime. I yes. love it, man. Thank you. We'll be back again. Have Bye. a great one.